This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. Give Jesus a cheer. Come on, would you stand? Let's stand across this room. Come on, Jesus. Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. We serve a risen Savior. Do you believe it today? What a celebration. You may be seated. Would you give a round of applause to our amazing team today? All that sang, all that performed. Wow. What? We've already had Easter. We've had a, we have a full house, and we have had Easter already. I don't even know. Uh, I, I get to come with the privilege of bringing the Word of God, which is powerful and dynamic. How many believe that today? Uh, as we step in, I realize that as a pastor, you're... Our job is to create tension uh, in the room so that you can preach the answer to the me- the, in your message. But how many already know that the answer is already here? Uh, so it's kind of like, how do we create this tension to celebrate the victory? We've been celebrating all the way through, and that's what's good about it. So today, I just want to come and just dialogue a little bit about uh, why does Easter matter? Why does Easter matter? Would you say that with me? Why does Easter matter? All of us in this room, we have different perceptions of Easter. We have different perceptions of holidays. And uh, memories, to me, I'm one of those people that has a lot of memories, a lot of good memories, bad memories, and different memories. But I think of Easter, what comes to mind for me when I think of Easter is a whole spectrum of things that might be different in your life. Maybe you are here and you go, Easter means a sunrise service. How many has ever been to a sunrise service before? Maybe Easter today means that you get to go home and you get to hunt for Easter eggs. You get to go home and get an Easter basket. You get chocolate. You know, our, our grandkids were visited by the Easter bunny last night, and they sent us pictures this morning of, of all of their, uh, that they received. What, what a creative idea. You'll probably see it on my daughter's Instagram post. She, they've done a great thing. But maybe, maybe Easter comes, and you think of the cross. Maybe you think of resurrection. Maybe you think of the empty tomb, the most important things. Uh, today, when I think of uh, Easter, I think of special memories. One of those is my mind always goes back to Easter movies. Anybody watch Easter movies? Anybody watch Easter movies this week? Uh, I'll, I have to confess, I watched a couple this week already. And my favorite out of all of them, even though uh, the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, old school. Remember, I mean, that used to be on every Easter evening, right? Do you remember that? But probably one of my favorite has become a favorite is, is called Risen. Anybody watch the movie Risen? And it's from the perspective of a soldier that, that crucified Christ and his encounter with Jesus. If you have not seen it, I, it is worth renting. It is worth buying. It will transform your perspective of, of Easter. I encourage you to go get it. Anyway, I watched that this week, and there was this the memories that rose in my, just in my, in my life of things that spoke to me. I think particularly of one special memory, and for some reason, maybe it's because after services today, uh, Trenton and I and Allie are jumping in the car, and we're driving to Montana. I'm originally from Montana, and we're going to see my mom real quick uh, for a few days. But uh, I think about Easter, and the only Easter that I've been with my wife was prior to marriage was an Easter when we were in college at Northwest University, and we took off after classes on a Friday afternoon, and we drove the eight hours to Montana to be able to celebrate Easter with my mom and dad. And we got up that Easter morning, we went to church, and we went out to, to lunch, and my, my dad was a fanatic about buffets. Everyone say buffets. 
you know, can I tell you, I hate to say it, but buffets are in, in the past. You know, when they, when they exhume, archaeologists come to dig, they're going to come back and there's going to be the markers on the wall and people are going to have to explain that I was called a buffet. Can I tell you, the next buffet that we're going to partake in is the buffet in heaven, right? The married supper of the lamb, right? But anyway, I think about this, and I think here we went to Granny's, Granny's Buffet. I don't even know if they've ever had them here or not, but I mean, that was my dad's favorite buffet restaurant. And we would go there, and we ate, and we went home. And in the right fashion, as I was growing up, my mom and my grandma always would create an Easter basket for us, and they would hide them, and they would give us uh, scavenger hunt clues for us to go find these Easter baskets. And so Ron and I, college, we're out hunting for Easter baskets. Uh, I can't, don't remember if we were in our Easter clothes or not, but I remember my grandma trailing us around. And I, that probably is the most vivid memory, the most blessed memory. But I remember these clues. Some of them were, uh, the East, we saw the Easter bunny by the barn door, go check to see if he left it open. And you'd go there and you'd find a clue. And, oh, we better make sure that uh, the, the, bailer or the, the, the bailer is working. I think the Easter bunny went there and we went and got a clue. And then, man, the Easter bunny was really thirsty. And so we ended up having to go find uh, the clue there. And we ended up finding these Easter baskets and don't remember what was in them. But it was this vivid memory that I, as I'm thinking about Easter this year, that is the one that popped into my, into my mind. Now, I don't know uh, where you're at today. I don't know what your memories are from Easter. Maybe they're good memories. Maybe they're not good memories. But I can tell you today that we celebrate a holiday. This holiday is all about Jesus. Our world would like to tell us that it's about the Easter Bunny, and we don't crucify the Easter Bunny. You know, uh, we all love the Easter baskets, and we love chocolate, right? Do we not? So thank God for the Easter Bunny. But thank God for salvation because Jesus came to save us, right? So we can embrace both of them. We can have both of them in our lives but I think of the holidays, whether it's Easter, whether it's Christmas, whether it's the 4th of July, they are all going to have different memories for us. And I can tell you today that the power of the holiday is only based on what you correlate with that holiday. The power of the holiday is only based upon what, is, what you correlate with it. What is your memory of it? What is, what, is this, what is this thing that you pull back into your lives that brings power to this holiday? Today, as we think about Easter, I can think of all of these wonderful Easter's that I've had, and I can tell you, I've had almost, we've had over 30 Easter's with Relevant Life Church, Calvary Temple Relevant Life Church. A lot of Easter's with you, a lot of Easter's with our family, a lot of Easter's that are there, but can I tell you that more than any memory that comes back from what our encounter has been with you, the greatest memory, the power of our memory is founded in the life and death of Jesus Christ. And that's why we come back, and that's why we're here to celebrate today. And that's why this holiday is a powerful holiday. So I ask you today, why does Easter matter? Turn to your neighbor and say, why does Easter matter? When we think about Easter Sunday or the resurrection, it is by far, uh, it is arguably the most powerful day for believers on planet Earth. It redefined who we are, redefined salvation, redefined everything that we know. Can I tell you today that when we think about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it redefined the calendar? When we think about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it redefined when we worship God. Because old school was we would worship Friday, Saturday. New school under the resurrection, we worship on Sunday. The resurrection day. When we think about this holiday, when we think about the power of Easter, that everything on planet Earth changed when Jesus died and rose again. 
Everything in history at that moment, there was a break and a switch that took place in our lives. And because today Jesus is alive, we can not just point back, we can point forward. Every other religion on this planet, every other religion has points to a man, points to a person that are all dead. We don't just point to a person that's dead, we point to a person that's alive. He rose from the grave. He forgave us of our sins. So today, why does Easter matter? Number one, Easter matters because in our current state, we are all rejected. Because in our current state, we're all rejected. Everyone say rejected. You know, that's a really harsh word. You think about this word rejected. That's a harsh word. This is where hopefully the tension sets in. Rejected means to be dismissed, snubbed as inadequate, or not to one's taste. Merriam-Webster says this, not given approval or acceptance. Think about this idea of rejection. Think about this word that you have been rejected. Have you ever felt that, that, I, that feeling of being left out? Have you ever felt overlooked? Have you ever felt rejected in your life? Have you felt rejected in human relationships? Rejections all throughout the Bible. Abel was rejected. Moses was rejected. Joseph was rejected. Hagar was rejected. Prophets were rejected. David was rejected. Saul was rejected. Zacchaeus was rejected. The prodigal son's father was rejected. Jesus himself was rejected. Paul was rejected. The disciples were rejected. We've all felt rejection. All throughout the history of mankind, there has been this correlation that we don't just match up. We're inadequate. We're not enough. I think of a story of rejection in my life. As a child, I was raised in Missoula, Montana, East Missoula, Montana. If anyone's familiar with Montana, and East Missoula was kind of a, a, a sub, subdivision or a kind of a, a small little Suburb, there's the word I'm looking for, on the outside of, of, of Missoula. And we were bussed into Missoula to go to school. And my grade school was central grade school. Anybody remember your grade school? I had to dig through all these memories to remember this process. But dig, and so I'd have to get on the bus. You know, I mean, back in the day, I had to walk three miles to school uphill with the, in the snow, right? Isn't that all the stories that we've heard? But I, did, I, I had to walk quite a ways to the bus stop and then ride a bus for 20 to 30 minutes just to get to school because we lived out in the middle of nowhere. But uh, I was from East Missoula, Montana, and we went to Central Grade School. And in this school, there was a, a culmination of, of categories of people. I came from East Missoula that was lower income, lower class, and it merged with another uh, area called Rattlesnake, uh, the Rattlesnake Canyon, which was higher class. So here we bring in the two classes of people, the two ideas merging into one school and the grade school. And I remember uh, I, there's this idea of the in-group. Anybody know the in-group and the out-group? Uh, whether it was said or not, people from East Missoula were usually from the out-group. We weren't on the in-group. So there was an idea, a feeling of rejection. I remember being a tall, skinny farmer boy who had a lot of hair. And bless my mom, she's going to watch online today, but she didn't do anything fancy with my hair. She gave me a Dutch boy haircut. So, I mean, I could bring pictures, but I would cry to show you. Just trust me. I had a lot of hair, but it was not styled. 
tall, lanky, skinny. And I remember probably one of the biggest things, I'm the youngest of four boys, you know, and you can go through the whole stories of Gideon, I'm the least significant of the most blah, 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 blah. And, and I remember feeling inadequate. And I was so skinny. And I heard all the skinny jokes. You're so skinny, you have to run around in the shower to get wet. You're so skinny, you can stand sideways and disappear. You're so skinny that you can hide behind a toothpick. You're so skinny, you can stand sideways and stick your tongue out and you can look like a zipper. You're so skinny, you can use a Cheerio as a hula hoop. Now, as you look at me today, I don't have the skinny problem, right? You know, so uh, I, I've overcome the rejection of skinny and I've embraced the acceptance of fat. No, I don't know, whatever that is. But a tall, skinny boy, you know, and I think of all that process. Uh, and it was back in the day in middle school that you would go to school for eight years at one school. You didn't have, we didn't break out into middle school. We didn't break out sixth, seventh, eighth. It was first through eighth grade. And I remember getting into seventh, eighth grade, and I remember being my awkward self, and all of that was there, bringing all of my amazingness with my great hair and all of that. And I remember in gym class, remember in gym class when they'd have everyone stand against the wall and they'd pull two captains out of the group and they would go through and they would select someone for their teams. Was anybody in this room ever the last one standing on the wall? Can I tell you there's many times that I felt that I was on the wall, the last one there. Can I tell you how that feeling of rejection overwhelmed me? That I wasn't in the in group, I was definitely in the out group. For whatever reason, for whatever that was there, and I tell you that story today because all of us have experienced rejection in some form or another, whether it's from, been from your home, whether it's been from a parent, whether it's been from a sibling, whether it's been from someone at work, we've all experienced rejection. And I ask you today, why is it people reject others? Why do we reject people? Most of the time, it's because they're different than us. Regardless of whether it's race, class, ethnicity, language that you speak, whatever it might be, we have this thing that we call rejection, that they don't fit in. And it's not as much their fault as it is as our fault, because we don't know how to embrace the different. The impact of rejection studies show this, that brains respond to physical pain and rejection similarly. Possibly rejection more severe. Rejection is relived and re-experienced while physical pain is only remembered. You think about your life and you think about physical pain that you've encountered and you think about rejection that you've encountered and there's more power to rejection than there is to physical pain. Rejection destabilizes our sense of belonging. Rejection seeks to destroy self-esteem. Rejection does not respond to reason. Anybody in the middle of rejection that you're reasonable? that you respond reasonable. We've all learned and experienced forms of rejection, whether that's trauma that we've allowed in our lives or not. All of us here today, we can think of forms of rejection. Some of us have allowed that rejection to trail us all our lives. Some of us allow that rejection to put us in a prison to think that everyone thinks about us that same way. Anybody guilty of that in your lives? Can I tell you, there's trauma in my lives at times that certain things happen, and it can take me back to the, ah, and I have to recover. I have to come back to who I am. But I can tell you today, there are some in this room, and my goal for you is that you're going to get on the other side of rejection. 
that you're going to get on the other side of this idea that I don't fit because we already know that we fit based on Jesus. Not only do we suffer rejection in our everyday lives, but as humanity, we suffer spiritual separation. We suffer spiritual rejection. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, for all, everyone say all. If you don't understand what that means, that means everyone. Okay? So look to, look, look to your neighbor and say, that means you. That means everyone. For all have sinned, fall, all have fallen short of this mark, all have come to a place that they can't quite reach the top shelf. All have sinned and they've fallen short of the glory of God. We're all inadequate. We've all missed the mark. So whether you're here today to celebrate Jesus and think that you have earned salvation or whether you've come in realizing that you have not earned salvation, can I tell you today, we are all spiritual rejects without Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how hard you try. It doesn't matter how many times you pray a day. It doesn't matter if you go to church every single Sunday. It doesn't matter if you open your Bible and have memorized every single book. Can I tell you today, it's not based upon our goodness because nothing can get us to that level. Nothing can get us to the place of being embraced by Jesus, which leads us to our next point, which leads us to the story of Easter, which leads us to this important factor of why Easter matters. Easter matters, secondly, because Jesus took our place so that we can be accepted. Today, you say, well, Pastor Kevin, I believe that story, and why are you telling the story? Can I tell you this? There's nothing new to the Easter story. There's nothing new to the Easter story. It's a story that we need to come and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. We need to be reminded that you did not earn salvation, that there was a man who died on a cross for you. That's the only way that you have salvation. Easter matters because Jesus took our place so that we can be accepted. This idea of accepted, the desire, is woven into the fabric of all humanity. Every person in this room wants to be accepted. Every person in this room feels the tension of rejection. Every person in this room feels this concern to go, I don't want someone to reject me. I want to be accepted. I want to fit in someplace. This idea of accepted is to be received as valuable. Go back to your memory of being rejected. Did you feel valued or did you feel devalued? When we think about this idea of rejection, all of us are labeled by these things of our past. And if we allow them to carry over, they can impact our adulthood and impact our lives. But the important part here is that Jesus comes and he brings us to this place of acceptance. This word, this definition is to, to, to be received as valuable, as suitable, to feel like you belong. Everyone say belong. belong. I want to focus on this word belong here just a second. I want to give you the definition. Belonging, to fit in, to fit in, or to feel like you are an important member of, possession of, a close intimate relationship to. Can I tell you, everyone in this room, if you would just be honest with yourself, you want to belong. We all want to belong. We want to fit. It's why we have a community of people that we try to gather with because we want to fit in. We want to have likeness of. Belonging is important because it brings emotional security. 
A true sense of belonging comes when you can be unapologetically you and know there is a place for you in the world. Be unapologetically you. Everybody desire that today? You want everyone just to accept you for being you? Studies have shown that the human brain is actually more concerned with, with who our connections are than who we are as an individual. I want you to think about that. Studies today are showing, psychologists are staying to say, are coming and saying, it is, it, it, people place more value on who they are with as a group, as a community, than who they are as an individual. We all need a place to belong. And why does the cross and the empty tomb matter? Because Jesus brings us to a place of belonging. Jesus was rejected so that you and I could belong. And that's what brings us to this Easter story, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Over 2,000 years ago, on a day that we now call Palm Sunday, Jesus entered into Jerusalem at the celebration and the cheers of people. He was accepted and he was loved. He was embraced. He was celebrated. He was the hero of the story. Jesus travels the week and he has his encounters with things and he goes into the temple and he cleans out the temple and he has all these different things that he walks through and then Thursday comes and he meets with his disciples in the upper room to celebrate the Passover, which you and I now understand as the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper. Jesus comes and he's celebrated and at that moment he washed his disciples' feet and he began to declare to them this story or what was going to happen that someone was going to betray him, that people were going to actually reject him and that he was actually going to die. The disciples couldn't quite comprehend it, couldn't understand. Jesus takes him to the garden and begins to pray and begins to intercede and it says that he wept drops of blood. He was in distress Can I tell you, I don't believe it was just distress because he knew he was going to die. He was in distress because he felt the rejection of mankind. And at that moment, people came into the, the guards came into the garden and they took him and they led him to Herod and to Pilate and through this process and all of them rejected him. The soldiers rejected him and in the process of all that happening, his disciples actually rejected him. And his closest disciple denied him said, I don't even know who you are. Can I tell you today, Jesus understood rejection. He understands the pain that we feel when we're rejected. He was rejected by the crowd because they all yelled, crucify him, we want Barabbas. The soldiers hung him on a cross. And probably his most severe aspect of rejection when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? All of us in this room can somewhere correlate with the idea of a father rejecting a child or being the father that has to reject a child. We can understand somewhere this emotion that steps in to go, wow, I can't believe this. God, the father, had to reject his son, had to turn his back on Jesus for rejection. Isaiah 53 53 says this, he was despised and he was rejected by mankind. 
a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised. That verse goes on to say he, was a, he took our pain and he bore our suffering. He was pierced by our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. He was punished to bring pe- The punishment that, uh, that brought us peace was on him. The reason today that you and I can come to the fact of even understanding what acceptance looks like is what the price that Jesus paid for you and I. John chapter 1 says this. He came into the very world that he created. He spoke it into existence. And this world that he created, he came in and says, they didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Despite all of the rejection, Jesus still knew he was the son of God. Today, I probably the line that stands out to me is that very line. All of the rejection that Jesus encountered, he still knew he was on the mission. He still knew he had to accomplish what he had to accomplish. And what gave him hope, what gave him purpose, was that he knew that God the Father still loved him. Even in his rejection. Can I tell you today? You say, Pastor Kevin, what does that correlate? Because I want to tell you today, in spite of someone else's rejection, you have a God who still loves you. In spite of rejection that you've encountered, in spite of hardship of life, in spite of not fitting in, God says you fit in. God says you belong. After the crucifixion, Jesus was prepared and he was buried. And the Romans set guard. And there was all of the speculation and all the words that were taking place that the disciples might come and steal him or the followers might come and steal him. But the miraculous aspect is that on the third day, on Easter Sunday, Jesus rose. It wasn't a body snatching. It was a body revealing. Jesus came and he rose from, he died in rejection and he rose in acceptance. And can I tell you today, because he died in rejection, you don't have to die in rejection. You can live in acceptance. God chose you. John chapter 3 verse 16 says this, for God so loved the world. Would you say God loved me? Come on, say God loved me. Can I tell you today, that's the good news of the gospel, that Jesus Christ, the perfect lamb, Jesus Christ, the perfect perfect one, without spot or without blemish, he came and he endured all this pain so that you can have acceptance. Today, we come to our third point, probably the third point, the, the most important point, because all of this can happen But if we don't accept it and we reject it, we've missed the whole thing. Easter matters because it is an invitation to personally accept or reject. The fact is this. Rejection is a major stronghold in our lives. Do you realize that? Rejection in our culture is a major stronghold. Rejection, as you saw the skit that was here, there was rejection that was taking place. Can I tell you the master of rejection is the enemy of your soul? Rejection is a major stronghold. And acceptance in Christ is the very central aspect of deliverance and salvation. 
Why does Easter matter? Because Easter gives us identity. Why does Easter matter? Because Easter gives me acceptance. Why does Easter matter? It's not just the memories. It's not just the fun. It's that I have a place that I'm going to go. I have a place that I fit. I have a place that was created just for me and created just for you. As we read Romans chapter 3, it says, for all have sinned. Let me read the verse before and the verse after. It says, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who to all who, to all who, to all who accept the invitation, to all who come. And then the writer Paul goes and he says, for all have sinned and they fall short of the glory of God. And then he steps into verse 24 and he says, and all are justified freely by grace. We oftentimes pull that verse out, which we do to show that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. But just as equally as we've fallen short of the glory of God, God's grace is more surpassing than our falling short. We're all justified freely by His grace to the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to what? To be received by faith. Today, as you come, today as you're here, as we celebrate Easter once again, It's that one time a year that a lot of people come to church and we're embracing the truth and we're believing this statement to go, no, I believe that Jesus died and Jesus rose. But can I tell you today, this invitation is not just a one-time invitation. It's not just an Easter Sunday invitation. This invitation is a day-by-day, moment-by-moment invitation that we can either accept or we can receive. Can I tell you this? If you accept it once, most likely you're going to live in rejection most of your life. If you accept it every day, you're going to learn to live in acceptance every day. You're going to learn to live in a fact that Jesus Christ loves us. Romans chapter 10 says this, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That everyone, that's me. That's you. And we paint paint this passage of Scripture as just one that's a salvation message. And it is. It's a deliverance message. But can I tell you that it's the remainder of this this verse. Everyone who calls. Everyone say calls. Everyone who appeals to God. I hope that you're not just appealing to God once on Sunday. I hope that it's every day of your life, every moment of your life that you're coming. God, God, I need you to save me right now. God, I feel rejection in my humanity. God, I need your acceptance right now. God, I feel opposition, and God, I need acceptance right now. We saw the enemy of our souls in this creative uh, human video up here, the enemy that's there manipulating and trying to, to get us to sink in the middle of everything. Can I tell you this? God equally is there trying to go, no, I want you to, I want you to rise. I want you to live in acceptance. Blogger Olivia Davis writes this, trying to serve the Lord is hardly a shield against rejection of pain. God did not stop his son from the crucifixion or his wrath, and he will not spare us, but because we know God, neither will he spare us from his grace. I love that. 
He won't spare us from pain, but he's not going to spare us from his grace either. How many, can you say amen? Rejection will never change how much God loves us. It will never touch his goodness. That rejection will never touch his mercy or his kindness. It will never make God further away from us. And it will not change the fact that we serve a God who turned the vilest rejection in all of history, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, into the salvation for each and every one of us. The vilest rejection. So today, we've taken a slightly different angle. I believe everyone in this room can idea, can, can familiarize or remember moments of rejection in your life. Maybe someone in this room today is feeling extreme rejection. Maybe someone here has been living in rejection because that's what you've known and you don't know how to get out of it. This message is for every single person in this room because we've all encountered rejection And we can try to compare our rejection to Christ. But let me tell you, I've never died for the sins of people. I wasn't rejected by by every person on the planet. Today, if you would imagine with me, everyone's standing on the wall. And God, the captain, is coming to pick his team. Can I tell you today? God chose you. God chose you. Ephesians chapter 1 says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him. Before the foundations of the world, before you were even on the thought Before you even entered into the idea in your mom and dad's brain that they were going to have a child, God created you and he chose you from the foundations of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption uh, as sons by Jesus Christ to, to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and the glory of his grace, by which he has made us accepted by the beloved. Can I tell you today that God chose you and because of his son, Jesus Christ, you can find acceptance in him today. Today, if you're here, this is a a corporate response. This is not an isolated response. Today, if you are here, if you have ever felt an ounce of rejection in your life, Would you stand to your feet? If you've been rejected by a parent, by a child, by a person, if you have encountered rejection by a people group, I want you to stand to your feet. Can I tell you today that as you stand, your representation of what the enemy has meant for harm, he's wanted to destroy you, but God is coming and saying, I choose you. The world's rejected you, but I choose you. Your parents may have rejected you, but I choose you. You're mine. You're my beloved. And God, in the name of Jesus, this morning as we pray, as we close in prayer today, across this room, God, whatever form of rejection that we've encountered, whether today we've come and we're broken because our life has been filled with brokenness, and God, there is a habit pattern of living Rejected, God, I break the power of rejection in lives. Because today, 
we have understood that we are accepted. Jesus, you paid the price that we could be accepted. God, today, there may be people in this room that have never accepted you, accepted this invitation to make you Lord and Savior of their lives. With your heads bowed around this room, if you are here and you have not prayed that prayer and you would like to pray that prayer, if you have not accepted this invitation to follow Jesus, would you just lift your hand and I want to pray with you or I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, shape, or form. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Would you pray after me this morning? Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for the death of your son, Jesus Christ. That he encountered rejection for me. That I might have acceptance. And today, God, I choose, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. God, today, each person that prayed that prayer, each person that made that commitment, God, We know that it's not a one-time thing. We know that it's a daily thing. Holy Spirit, would you lead them? Holy Spirit, would you guide them? God, today, we thank you for acceptance. We thank you for the risen Savior that he endured so much that we can be called sons of God. And God, we give you the praise and we give you the glory. In Jesus' name, everyone said Amen. Can you give him a round of applause today? God, we thank you. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for salvation and acceptance. Amen and amen. Thank you for coming to Relevant Light Church for Easter, celebrating the most powerful day. We hope that you enjoyed yourself. As you leave, would you make sure that you get some donuts? Because, hey, you know, Easter, the risen Savior, and donuts, they all go together. And uh, so we want you to get a picture out there at the photo booth, all that sort of stuff. Have an amazing day. Make some memories today. Good memories. Remember Jesus. God bless you. Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God, relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.